Welcome back to another episode of SCBC Podcast. Thanks for joining us. Um, I'm Paul, and we have our co-host, Mary, joining us. And I know if you're a regular listener, then you might be thinking, oh, wow, Paul and Mary haven't really released any new episodes recently. And that's true. And uh, the the, the primary, or maybe the only reason, uh, is actually because Mary's been injured, Mm -hmm. um, a significant injury that um, held her back from even working. So you were on a medical leave for a couple months here, Mm -hmm. and you're just re-engaging. This is actually Mary's second day back in the office. So this is one of the first things we're doing. We've missed doing this. Really wanted to get back at it. So, Mary, welcome back. Thank you. I'm so glad to be back. Yeah, and um, this episode is going to be pretty casual. It's going to be about just updating you on where we were. And if you were wondering, Mm -hmm. hey, where did Paul and Mary go? Mm -hmm. Um, Here we are. We're back. And um, just kind of updating and processing your journey uh, in the last couple months Mm -hmm. of recovering from a significant injury, uh, a medical injury that led to a... Uh, or an injury that led to a concussion that really led to a lot of medical implications for you. Um, And obviously that wasn't fun or easy, and you're not fully out of the woods yet. You're still recovering, but we have started a slow, um, I guess, re-entry into... Yeah, return to work. Yeah, return to work plan. And it's been been awesome to have you back just even in the last couple of days (laughs) and to be able to see you physically... Um, um, with our team. So that's been great. Mm -hmm. But um, let's, I guess, start with, uh, do you want to give the listeners a little bit of an insight on how this even started? Sure. Um, Well, I've had four concussions now, Mm -hmm. which a lot of people are surprised by because I'm not really like an extreme sports person. I don't do any like contact sports (laughs) or any of the normal things that um, you would do to get a concussion. But um, this last one is my fourth one, and um, my husband and I were learning. Well, he knows how to snowboard, but I was learning to snowboard, mm-hmm. and it was something that I was really enjoying and was really excited about. And then just one day, I caught the board and it threw me onto the ground, um, and I hit my face on the ground, so my jaw. Mm-hmm. And because I have had so many concussions yeah. before, then you're more um, predisposed to getting them. Yeah. So even if that maybe wouldn't have necessarily given you a concussion, yeah. it yeah. was really easily yeah. um, triggered for me to get a concussion from that. Uh, so that's how that happened. And then the first couple of weeks, because I also had whiplash and some other more acute stuff, mm-hmm. that's what I was feeling. So I was healing from the physical stuff, and I didn't even think at first that I could had a concussion I remember coming to work the next day and talking to you about Mm. it as kind of this like funny wipeout that I had (laughs) um but not even realizing what happened and then about two weeks after then I started getting all of the concussion symptoms and it just started getting worse and worse and worse until one day I did some reading and after I read I couldn't see for three days yeah because um my eyes had been affected by this concussion and Mm. it was after that that I think I reached out to you and some Mm. other people and just said like, I think I need to take a break yeah. <laughs> or I need to start yeah. seeing some medical professionals. Like, I don't think it's okay that I can't see. Yeah, it's kind of scary. It was very scary. Yeah. Um, yeah. So from there, then I went on the six-week medical leave and I've seen a bunch of different healthcare professionals for it and mm-hmm. I still need to see some more. But yeah, definitely a lot of things have gotten so much better. Um but I'm still struggling with quite a lot of things and I feel like uh, a lot of normal life things um have changed Mm -hmm. and I'm hoping that those are things I grow out of like for instance like a baseline of nausea Mm -hmm. like anytime I get in a car now like Mm -hmm. immediate motion sickness Mm -hmm. um or so it's not just Phil's driving (laughs) 
just Phil's driving. <laughs> it's anyone's driving. Yeah. <laughs> um, and short-term memory stuff too. Like you can, I'll probably forget everything I say in this podcast, yeah. but <laughs> hopefully that's something I grow out of. Yeah. Um, Dory. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it just becomes a great excuse for why I yeah. don't follow up with anything. Yeah. But I know I hope to get that back. But it's yeah. just it's a long healing process. Yeah, and I know we can laugh about it a little bit now, yes. but I know it's frustrating and it's scary. Very frustrating. Yeah. And um, I know, like you said, it's your fourth concussion. And I remember I was I was um, I knew you, and we were working together for the last one too. Yeah. So, but obviously, this one is a lot more challenging for yeah. you to recover from than any of the others. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Definitely. So, um, obviously, a head injury, in my opinion, in anyone, and whether it's a car accident, snowboarding incident, or any kind of head injury is always serious, right? Mm -hmm. That's one of the things that are probably back injuries, head injuries. I think those are the two most scary kind of injuries you could have. And the head injury part, I think, is difficult because you don't know how it's going to manifest, what kind of um, impact that will have on you Mm short-term, but also long-term as well. Obviously, we want to mitigate any kind of long-term effects as much as possible. Um, But let's talk about your friends um, who were able to help in the the initial stages because, um, you know, our BC healthcare, as um, good as it is, and we're not going to do this podcast episode on rating our health system or anything, but just, you know, an appreciation of the fact that it takes a little while to get the um, assistance that you need or the medical help that you need. Um, You've had some friends like a doctor, physiotherapist that kind of helped you along the journey. We won't name names here, but, but um, how was, how was that? Like, what was that like to have a community of people around you that actually was able to help you in a significant way? It was incredible. And I, every day, try and, like, specifically be thankful for it and not take it for granted because mm-hmm. it really was what started me on actually taking this seriously mm-hmm. and getting ultimately getting the help that I needed because I am someone who... I can just get in sort of this efficiency, go, go, go mode. And even if I'm experiencing physical pain, I don't want to inconvenience those around me. And I don't want projects or things to take a lot of time. So I just get into this efficiency mode and I go. So for the first couple of weeks after the accident, I was still working. And even mm-hmm. though I had to take a few days off, I was just really not taking it seriously. And so um, I have a friend who is a physio and I talked to her because things were just getting um, worse and I didn't know what to do oh no sorry sorry first I talked to my doctor friend because mm-hmm. I was getting a lot of the same concussion symptoms but I couldn't get into my doctor yet and I just wanted to know like are we looking at a concussion here mm-hmm. and so she actually called me on her lunch break yeah. and confirmed yes this is a concussion it's yeah. your fourth one you need to take this seriously you need mm-hmm. to take some time off so it wasn't actually until I talked to her that mm-hmm. I even took a sick day mm-hmm. um, so then after I talked to her I knew I had a concussion I still need to get into my own doctor. But it was after that that I talked to my physio friend. Mm-hmm. And she was the one who said, yeah, physiotherapy actually works with concussions, which I never realized yeah, before. Yeah. It's like neurophysio or um, different things that they do with your neck. But there's definitely physio for concussions in my experience. Mm-hmm. Now it's been amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I got myself into one of those and that really helped me. So yeah, it was incredible having friends who cared and actually took time out of their work days to work with me because mm-hmm. I know there's there's um, boundaries that should be respected between yeah. friends and colleagues and different things like that. So I was very honored that they wanted to help yeah. me that way. Um, but as well, just friends, even if they weren't medical professionals, the way that my friends and family supported me was also yeah. Yeah. really incredible. So it's been very humbling. Yeah. I mean, there's there are people and situations, and I'm sure I've been one of those people too, where you're not really helpful, even though you're trying to help. Yeah. I'm sure there's those people too, but there are, at the end of the day, 
um, since this is a Christian podcast, there's people praying for you, yes. uh, people um, just, you know, um, visiting you or calling you or messaging mm-hmm. you or mm-hmm. whatever the case. And um, um, not to make this about me, but like for me, it was awkward because we're obviously colleagues and I'm. you report to me on mm-hmm. our staff. We have a small team, right? We don't have a giant corporate kind of a no. work environment. So <laughs> you report me to me directly and... Um, it was kind of this weird boundary of, yes, she's on a medical leave, so I should, especially because your screen time is limited. Yes. Um, you know, I can't ask you to do, you were like texting, hey, do I do I need to give weekly reports on my <laughs> medical pro-? I'm like, I don't need <laughs> weekly reports. I have your doctor's note. We've, yeah. we've, we processed that this is going to be a few weeks at least, and we'll reassess at, at midpoint. And yeah. so we had to work that out. But I was just kind of um, even wrestling with this idea of I don't want to make it sound like I don't care and I don't text, but also don't want to text because we're not just friends. I also do. um, You report to me at the end of the day. So I don't want you to have to feel like this obligation to respond Mm -hmm. rather Mm -hmm. than just if we were just friends, then, you know. Well, if you don't want to respond, don't respond. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't want to be like, how are you doing? Well, what was Paul asking me from like, uh, I want to know your status. Mm-hmm. I know I want to understand when you can be back to work. So I'm like, okay, how do I balance this idea of I don't want to make it sound like I don't care and that's why I'm not texting. But also I don't want to put any pressure on you to mm-hmm. f- feel like you have to report, especially when you're not supposed to be doing screen time yeah. um, using yeah. technology. So, And I think even without you saying that, I understood that because in different ways, I have relationships or dual relationships like that with a number of people because mm-hmm. I think that's just the nature of a small community, a church community. I work mm-hmm. here, but I'm friends with the people here, mm-hmm. but I serve the people here and I manage some of the people here and different things like that. And so I also knew because I've been through a number of concussions and different health stuff that it was also ultimately up to me if I needed help or if I wanted to say something, Mm -hmm. I needed to be the one to reach out because I knew and I appreciated that everyone wanted to give me space and, and just logistically to keep me off of screen time. So yeah, I, um, I actually thought that maybe people would be feeling like that. So I made sure if I wanted to say something, then I would reach out and I wouldn't feel like I couldn't. And you did several times. And even, even not even just about health stuff, but like talking about new books or whatever. Not that I can read, but I still like new books. (laughs) Yeah. I got Um, you a book. I got a concussion patient, a a book book. to read. (laughs) I still haven't read it, but one day I will. Um, So yeah. And it's just the, the, the nuances of some of these things, but I think, um, I think it's incredible to, still be able to walk through it and not have people feeling too uncomfortable. Because yeah. I also, um, I've done this a number of times now that I'm also comfortable telling people when I'm not okay. Yeah. Or hang, like having to hang up a phone call early yeah. or cancel plans. So, yeah. yeah, I think... That is a great excuse to hang up a phone early. <laughs> I will take I have that. A headache. <laughs> I have a headache. I need to go now. Um, Conversation is getting boring. Uh <laughs> Right How back. come Mary only has a headache when she's on the phone with me? Like, what's going on? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now you know my tell. Yeah. Um, but no, it's good. And it's, yeah. So uh, on one hand, I I understood that. And mm-hmm. that made that part really easy. But also on the other hand, too, especially like at the beginning of the concussion, because it's it's impacting your reasoning, your problem yeah. solving, your emotions. Because I, I remember also one of the reasons I asked if I could start this journey to get a leave was because I experienced started experiencing a number of mental health mm-hmm. um, related things as well uh, so I was feeling like quite low and I was feeling mm-hmm. quite anxious about things that never made me anxious like I remember this was when I was still working and I opened my email which to be honest I love opening my email and yeah. I like organizing it and clearing it out and getting <laughs> can, things done you can open all my emails yeah. <laughs> but it's never been something that's like 
bothered me before because yeah. I have my folders. Like, yeah. it's great. And I remember one day I opened my email and my heart rate just started yeah. to skyrocket and I yeah. just felt frozen. Yeah. Um, so I was getting all this anxiety about stuff. And I, yeah. So on, on one hand, I had the reasoning to think about what other people might be mm-hmm. thinking, but sometimes I couldn't even decipher what I was thinking or what mm-hmm. I was needing because it really just scrambles your brain yeah and i think those are the challenges of relationships and i think you know strong relationships can withstand a lot of this Mm. and um, our team here on staff i think we have a very strong relationship Mm -hmm. and um that's good but i I feel like it's relationships are complex it's never so straight and simple and yeah you know linear because yeah even with me i i thought especially because i knew about your mental health struggles i was like okay so then i don't want to be texting you and constantly asking you to respond but also then I heard some of the colleagues are saying, okay, I'm going to go visit her. Or mm-hmm. I, I talked to her. I had her over for dinner. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, I know that she's not alone. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was weird because I was trying to give you space because our colleagues, you don't necessarily report to them directly. Mm-hmm. So I, I try to give them space even though um, probably you and I are quite close uh, working together for many years now. Um, like I was like, okay, I know that others are having her over for dinner and, mm-hmm. and, and ministering to her in a more physically close way. Um, so I don't need to feel like I want to do it, even though I did. Um, so I was like, okay, I, I, I can give her space and, mm-hmm. um, allow our teammates to step in. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's a struggle. Um, but even with like our, our, um, mutual friend, like, uh, the doctor that you called it, mm-hmm. who was really helpful. Um, I've also, um, been helped by her as well, mm-hmm. but it's, it's like, sometimes my wife, Sarah would be like, okay, I, I'm going to text her about, I'm like, no, no, no. Like, honey, let's save like, it for the big let, thing. Let's respect the fact that <laughs> yeah. she's our friend yeah. and not our, our GP. Yeah. Um, we have, we have a GP, um, we should go to him for, um, medical services, but it's, it's just navigating those things. Right. And I've actually even asked her, how do you feel about us? Like coming to you and asking, like, is that really annoying? Like, mm-hmm. but then on the one hand, on the spiritual side, if people, if my close friends came after, um, a very difficult breakup in a relationship or a severe, like loss of a loved one or something like that, some, some serious situation, I personally would be like, yeah, like I'd be happy to meet with mm-hmm. you, and and I know doctors they need to keep very um, for very for very good reasons they need to keep boundaries and all that stuff too, um, but yeah, it's I think the best way to navigate some of those challenges is to communicate totally and ask yeah. rather than assume exactly yeah definitely and I think that with every relationship actually mm-hmm. and so I remember when I reached out to her I made sure that there was this disclaimer of. I want to respect your boundaries. If this is mm-hmm. not okay, please mm-hmm. tell me. I can handle that. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I really appreciate it. <laughs> can you imagine if she texted, just like, get lost? No. <laughs> yeah, I'm too busy for you. Yeah. Take care of your own head issues. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, but. Yeah. But let, let, let's let's go to a, a little bit of a different place. So yeah. you, you talked about short-term memory loss as, oh, a, yeah. as a frustration and something that you hope, you know, and I hope you come out of. Um, some people just naturally have short-term memory loss. And, and I remember uh, when I was younger, um, and maybe this is TMI, but um, one of the reasons why uh, when our friends were all into marijuana and stuff like that, and um, one of the things is short-term memory loss. I don't really? know. Yeah, I, It causes I think, it? I'm pretty sure, yeah. Okay. Uh, so uh, that's actually one of the reasons why um, I never fully got into um, mm. um, those kind of activities. And um, I rely on my short-term memory quite a lot. Uh, obviously right now for my preaching, but even when I was teaching, like that's kind of my workflow and, and how I do life. 
And I used to, and I think I'm still okay, but I used to have a great short-term memory. Now, a lot of people that know me know that I have constant migraines, chronic mm-hmm. migraines, and um, they're not as severe as um, as yours right now with like debilitating kind of headaches. Um, but it is quite bad. And for a while, for a long stretch, I was actually fine. And then more recently, I've been getting them again. Mm-hmm. And uh, to the point where I had it on a Sunday where I had to kind of share it because I didn't want to be like looking angry or not as energetic uh, in, in my preaching. So I just let the whole church know, hey, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm actually going through a migraine right now. <laughs> and, and, Which side uh, note I think is awesome because that's yeah. even you communicating to people yeah. and putting everyone at ease. Yeah. So I think we all appreciated yeah. that. Or at ease or like I had to or um, concerned. <laughs> I had to listen to many people's different uh, views on migraines and, and treatments. And, yeah. <laughs> which is, I think I actually is, even texted yeah, you yeah. something about it. Yeah, which is helpful. If I, but like I have family members who are unfortunately <laughs> very... Um, very familiar with uh, migraines. So I actually went to doctors and stuff too. And one of the medications that I was prescribed and I had the prescription, never actually got it though, Mm. because um, short-term memory loss was a huge side effect of this. And I just can't afford to do that. And my migraines were okay enough that I can, I know how to recover from it. I I need to take a break. I need to nap. I need to be in a cool, quiet, darker kind of Mm. environment and then just kind of nap and then I'll be okay. Mostly. Sometimes it doesn't work, but mostly it works. Um, so it is kind of what it is, but then the trade-off was hard to kind of swallow for me. I I couldn't risk losing short-term memory Mm -hmm. because that's that precious for my workflow. Mm -hmm. Um, what, what is the hardest part of struggling with short-term memory loss for you in your personal and maybe work life? Hmm. For me, it just makes me feel really incompetent because Mm -hmm. again, going back to, Um, I'm really motivated, really, Mm. quote unquote, efficient worker and forgetting things is Mm. not efficient because then you become like a burden to yourself. And I feel like then I'm a burden to those around me because Paul just asked me to do this thing and I can't remember what it is now. So I have to go back Mm. to Paul and ask him what it was. Um, And And it just, yeah, it it can really make you feel, well, me, useless and Mm. helpless, really. Um, but there's also workarounds. Like I need to write something down immediately. Um, and then it, it works, but it's, it's also just kind of disorienting because Mm. a lot of concussion and brain, and probably even when you have a migraine, you feel Mm. like this too. It's almost like you're not in your brain. It's not in your body. It's, it's, you're like separate somehow because you're experiencing yourself going through all of these things, but you can't make sense of really what's going on. So it's just, it's really disorienting. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, it's frustrating because, I mean, <laughs> I just want to make light of this. But, you know, when you're in, like, a debate or an argument with your spouse mm-hmm. and you're like, this happened. No, this happened. But yeah. now it completely, like, takes my legs up from under me yeah. because Phil can just go, well, you don't have any memory. <laughs> you don't know what happened. <laughs> and what am I supposed to say? Yeah, actually, I have no idea. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. So the biggest struggle is that you can't win arguments <laughs> with your husband no. anymore. Yeah, <laughs> that's okay. one of the struggles. <laughs> Not the biggest struggle. Yeah. I would, yeah. I, yeah, for me, it just really makes me feel useless. Yeah. I think, um, I, I, you know, I know I listen to a lot of sports podcasts, right? Like, um, ex athletes or current athletes who do podcasts. And I love those because it's not like they're on ESPN and like talking like very formally. They often talk about their mental health challenges or or are coming out of an injury. And it's really an awesome perspective, um, that you get because it's, it's an intimate perspective mm. that they share through a podcast. And um, a lot of the times, major athletes who are, you know, very famous, you know, they get paid, you know, some of these guys pay, get paid 50 million U.S. a year. That's a pretty big contract. Mm. Um, 
And yet when they come back from injuries, they suffer from this crazy hit to their confidence. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. Can I, like for me, I love basketball. So a lot of these guys are basketball or sometimes tennis players. Like, can I, can I hit that ball the same way I did before my injury? Mm. Um, can my ankle sustain me jumping up to get this rebound? Like, this really um, messes with your mentality and your confidence and mental health even more mm-hmm. than just a physical rehab. The physical rehab itself is not easy. That's like I, I know one of my like favorite players, he had to go through an Achilles um, injury oh. rehab. He's been off the court for two years. Yeah. Coming back from it, it wasn't like he came back and he, he did a slam dunk on one of, one of the uh, first games he was back and we were all like cheering because like, wow, mm-hmm. he's back. He must be really now now good to go. And yet he said the mental journey was harder, right? Mm-hmm. Can I be the player that I was before this injury? Mm-hmm. Completely. Yeah. I mean, even thinking about prepping for this podcast, because mm-hmm. my short term memory, my recall and my um, ability to make up new and fresh thoughts on the spot mm-hmm. has also been compromised a little mm-hmm. bit. I was even worrying about this. Like, how am I supposed to be able to have a podcast that sounds really authentic <laughs> if I'm like constantly bumbling over my words? But yeah. you're doing yeah. well <laughs> okay. so far, so far. Um, but yeah, I, I get that to a certain extent. Mm. I mean, it's not a physical like body part, but I, well, yes, it is my brain. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but my language, one. my yeah. language specifically, yeah. Yeah. um, has also been affected too. So mm. I need a lot of help with word recall. So it's, yeah. it's a fun game though <laughs> so for those around me trying to help me guess what word I'm thinking yeah. of. Yeah. I think, I think that's one thing that maybe the community around us, um, helping people recover from whether it's a, like an ankle injury or a head injury or, mm-hmm. or memory loss issues that we're suffering through. Um, it's something that we can help understand like, Hey, it's going to take a long time. It's okay, but I'm right here with you. Um, mm-hmm. and, and obviously showing grace and patience <laughs> would mm-hmm. be helpful, I, I assume. And, um, I think confidence is something that you have to be, um, aware of that, Hey, like, you can work back towards whatever, you know, physically you're able to work back towards. And this isn't the end of the recovery, right? Mm-hmm. You will get better. Um, but making sure that that confidence doesn't waver. And I think the gospel really allows you to, um, mm-hmm. d- there's two points, I, th- I guess, there. Um, the Bible tells us sometimes, you know, be still and know that I am God. So um, there's that component of it, which we'll get back to. Mm-hmm. And then there's the other component of um, like Paul and his injury. Dr. Larry Perkins in, in his class that he was teaching for us at our church and uh, about prayer, he kind of talked about, you know, God's will and how important that is mm-hmm. in a person's life. And it elevates saying that God's will is more important than your illness sometimes feels like, oh, I'm not, I'm not important. But no, no, Larry's thing was it elevates your illness or your suffering or your challenges because it actually has a purpose mm-hmm. and God's going to use it for his glory even mm-hmm. if he doesn't heal it. So he talks about um, this, this, this part of the Bible where Paul asks for his, you know, thorn mm-hmm. in the flesh, his injury or whatever, his yeah. deficiency to be taken away. And um, God says, my grace is sufficient in you. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't take it away. And Larry interprets that as, no, I have a bigger plan. Mm-hmm. If I heal you and you're efficient and effective for ministry, you will achieve this amount of glory for me. But if you're not healed and in your weakness, if I'm made strong in you, if I supply you the power, and the wisdom and the wherewithal to actually sustain yourself and soar and thrive, despite the fact mm-hmm. that you have this thorn in the flesh, then then you will be better for it 
and I will be glorified all the more for it. Mm-hmm. And that is the better plan. And, and to trust that, though, when you're going through it, I think is really hard. Mm-hmm. So we'll come back to the be still part, yes. but let's address this one yes. first. Um, how do you feel about the potential of maybe you don't ever get back to the Mary of old, but maybe there's some things that hopefully your memory comes back and all, but maybe snowboarding doesn't become... A reality for <laughs> you anymore. Not the next John Wayne. Yeah, or maybe your dreams of F1 racing doesn't pan <laughs> out, and you're not going to be in a Ferrari driving yeah. 300 kilometers an hour. Like, well, yeah, it's funny. It's Second Corinthians 12, right? Yeah, yeah. So that has been just a verse that I, or a passage that I have read so many different times in my life because I've had a number of physical things with autoimmune and other things even mm-hmm. before the concussions. And there was about a week or two of this concussion recovery where I read that passage every day. Mm-hmm. And I prayed that passage and I just let that passage also be my cry Mm -hmm. because it's a place that I've been in so many times. And I've also been doing some counseling, like RCC therapy counseling, Mm -hmm. just to support the mental health side of it and to help me make sense of some things as well. And again, this is going to keep popping up, but that productivity efficiency nature yeah. of mine is what I tend to put a lot of my value in. Mm-hmm. And it um, is something that I love bringing to the world and something yeah. I love bringing to my coworkers yeah. and the people that I serve and I love because I feel like I'm useful that way. Mm-hmm. Not in a way that anyone's ever told me I need to be useful, but it just is what I like to bring. But the issue with that is that's all in what I do and what mm-hmm. my output is mm-hmm. and things that are... Um, like external to me and uh, I'm going to come back to this. It all makes sense. But one of my closest friends, she wrote me a card um, at the beginning of my leave. And I hadn't even shared any of this with her because it hasn't been until recently. I've been making sense of everything that's been going on. But in that card, she wrote, Mary, you are loved not for what you do, but for who you are. Mm -hmm. And I, (laughs) I just actually started bawling my eyes out and I wrote her a text and I said, how did you know, like, why did you put that in this card? Because I hadn't even caught up with her since it's mm-hmm. happened. And she said, I was praying for you this morning. And that is what the Lord to- like told me that yeah. I needed to write. Yeah. And that takes us back to the second Corinthians passage of knowing that, you know, when you have that thorn in your flesh, when you're pleading for it to be taken from mm-hmm. you, like there's nothing you can really do, mm-hmm. but you need to be able to rely on who the Lord is yes. and also who you believe that he has created you to be yeah. because I have to know that I'm more than just my efficiency and my productivity. And if that's taken from me and I can't give those things to people and I can't add it to my workplace or to my yeah. church family, that I still have to believe that I have purpose and worth without yeah. all of that. Yeah. And do I, yeah. and when you don't think that you do, that's when we spiral out of control yeah. mental health wise. And I've been there, yeah. but I've also been in a place where even in the midst of headaches and confusion when I feel like I have worth and I know that the Lord created me and loves me it's you I'm somehow able to withstand the physical things and the frustrations Mm -hmm. because I mean it's easy to say and sometimes it sounds cliche but honestly when you believe that you're worthy without adding anything without anything external Mm -hmm. without what you do it's really a game changer. Oh, yeah. And so, but but again, this is sometimes a <laughs> daily hourly fluctuation between the yeah. two of thinking that, you know, you're the grossest piece of yeah. anything on the <laughs> floor that's worth nothing to being like, you know what? No, I'm a child of God and I'm mm-hmm. singing this worship song right now and I really believe it. Mm-hmm. And then round and round we go. But, you know, 
that's life and that's our struggle as children of God and as humans. So yeah. I think uh, when we say something like, like, oh, you can find meaning in, um, in God and in how he has made you to be and how he loves you without what you do. Right. Yes. Um, although we do do a lot, we are called to do. Doing is not not important, but even without doing, even before you did one thing for God, mm-hmm. God loved you and mm-hmm. died for you. So then it's like, oh, okay, I can find meaning in God. I can find purpose and satisfaction in him because I can't find it in my doing anymore. So it's mm-hmm. almost like a second rate thing. Exactly. Well, I might as well find it in who I am because <laughs> no, no, it's actually not that. It's actually, this is a game changer, like you said, because if I have a foundation of I am loved outside of what I do, mm-hmm. then to me, what you do, you're unleashed to live boldly yeah, and it's fearlessly. Yeah, it's very freeing. Yeah. It's very freeing. And it will cause you to soar, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, just trusting in the Holy Spirit, trusting in Him, that letter that your your the words that your friend uh, was given, in my opinion, by the Holy Spirit, um, just like trusting that that intimately knowing God, the God who knows you that intimately, says, you can find meaning in me. Mm-hmm. And don't worry, it's not any less meaning or any worse kind of satisfaction than what you will find in what you do. Mm-hmm. This will be much, mm-hmm. much greater. And I think that was Paul in, in 1 Corinthians 12. It wasn't like, oh, you would have had a way better life if you were healed of this. Yeah. But you know what? Now that you're not going to be healed of it anyway, just find meaning in me. It wasn't that. Yeah. It was like, no, no, I will show you an even greater meaning in life, yeah. even greater satisfaction in life. It's like a reordering of what we naturally yeah. think that we need to do. Yeah. And I truly believe that <clears throat> I am a sinful, very prideful human being. And I think that if I wasn't reminded of the fact that it's not my grace, it's not my strength, mm-hmm. it's not my plan, that I would really subscribe to I'm fine on my own. I got it all covered. I'm competent. Let's go. And then when something happened, fall back on the pra- yeah. on the opposite. Yeah. But because I've been reminded and shown the grace of God by him so many times in my life, I am, I'm working on it yeah uh, and let's go back to the be still and know yeah. that i'm god part too because um i think i would assume one of the more challenging parts of this recovery is you have to literally be still yeah. sometimes and not be able to do not only screen time which if you are um of a previous generation <laughs> uh, you might think oh wow it's easy for me not to be on a screen but i mean for younger people like mary um being off screen is actually quite challenging kind of a thing to do because our lifestyle and everything that we do mm-hmm. like even the way that you keep your calendar probably is on yeah. a phone and yeah. everything like that so i know you still like your paper and pen and all that stuff too mm-hmm. but still there's so much involvement of technology around our lives just naturally there um that lacking uh, screen time but also not being able to drive i remember when you and i wanted to meet to talk about uh how you're doing and all that stuff um it was even difficult to arrange the fact that okay you can't be in a loud space so we can't go to the starbucks in ladner um and and you can't drive necessarily so depending on what time we meet you can't really come out to the church office easily and then um and then screen time so we can't really zoom um so i'm I'm sure that was very limiting for you and Mm -hmm. very different than what you normally go through in daily life to literally be still yeah did you learn anything from that season of being still and knowing and trusting mm-hmm. that God is God and mm-hmm. you're going to be okay? Mm-hmm. I learned so much. Mm. Um, and again, I just, I, I feel really humbled and really grateful for the whole process. Um, and even the process that I'm still on amidst all the challenges as well, because I did really learn so much. And even though I couldn't do screens, I could, it wasn't 
um, my um, auditory wasn't compromised. So I could mm. always listen to things mm. as well. So I did spend spend quite a lot of time just on walks mm. um, in quiet, but I could also listen to podcasts and I could listen mm. to music, which was huge. And I spent a lot of time just playing this one worship playlist on repeat. Um, and yeah, so some specific things I learned um, well, specifically, I spent a lot of time thinking about worship and thinking about church and thinking about community because of the fact that for six or seven Sundays, I couldn't come to church. Mm-hmm. And for even three or four of those, I couldn't even watch it. Yeah. Um, so just really thinking about, you know, what what do I need? What am I supposed to be doing? What is it about church and worship and everything? Mm-hmm. And I, I just really got to think, because I got to a point where, I was having amazing times of musical worship with the Lord. Mm. Like he really, even in my living room with my headphones and my pajamas Mm. on, I was talking to the Lord and I was crying out and I was upset or I was happy or it was a good day or it was a bad day. And so I really felt like I was able to still worship in that way. Mm -hmm. Um, And then with podcasts, there's a number of like amazing preaching and different things that you can get through that. So I was like, okay, I have my music and I have my, like this is pretty much church and I'm having a great time. But there was always something that I was missing even when I didn't feel like being around a lot of people I was like mm-hmm. no there's something missing and I I really was just met with how incredible and important community in and within our worship is mm-hmm. because even thinking about our church like yeah I could get the music somewhere else yes I could get the preaching no offense you're preaching yes. great but I could get the <laughs> preaching somewhere else But Mm -hmm. you lose the community aspect and not just generic community. Like I missed standing in our church auditorium, hearing everyone's voices, specifically Mm -hmm. my community and my Mm -hmm. family's voices Mm -hmm. specifically, because you can also get recordings where you can hear a crowd, but that's not the people I know and the people that I love. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then, yes, you can get preaching, but you're not going to get Paul Jordan and Jason's illustrations about people in your community and bringing you in and talking about this person or that person Mm -hmm. and how we've challenged and formed each other. And so I was just in the stillness, met with the reality of how important and how significant the weight of community in and within worship yeah. really is. Yeah. And so I know that's not directly answering the stillness question, but I missed our church, not for the things that we do, but for yeah. what community is yeah. and what God has created it to be. And I really got it. Like I, yeah. I got why you know, Jesus loves the church and why he, um, and why Paul is so passionate about talking about the community. And I, like, I really got it in the stillness, um, and even in not being a part of it, but Mm -hmm. I'm hopeful to get back soon. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at the time of uh, recording this episode, you're still not actually able to come to the Sundays yet. You still haven't yet, but, um, we hope to see you soon and we hope to see your, your recovery progress so well that, you know, it'll be just walking into church again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, for for the be still, I think that is a great example because sometimes God, yes, stops and pauses your life with a severe diagnosis or a loss of a loved one and, and captures your attention through some of the pains and sufferings even. Yes, that, that often does happen. But sometimes I find that he pauses our lives so that we can stand in awe and appreciate mm-hmm. him. And in this case, it sounds like you were able to be still and be like, oh, I miss this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's a great thing because sometimes we're in it and we take it for granted or mm-hmm. sometimes we're in it and we get bitter about it, even though we should be thankful about it. Or sometimes we're in it and we go, oh, yeah, of course it's here. It's good, but move on. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when you're forced to step outside of it for a while, 
I think it sometimes creates a hunger and a thirst mm -hmm. and a genuine, healthy um, yearning for it. And I think that's really good because I've always said um, my journey back to Christ, for example, was a desire for something better than I had. Mm -hmm. God created in me, I believe, a holy dissatisfaction of the life that I was living, a life that was without God, a life that was with um, full of sin. And I thought, oh, wow. He started to create in my heart, I don't want this. There must be something better. I don't want to be, if this is it for life, I don't even know what this is. Mm. Um, there must be something better. And then I remembered uh, the, the Sunday school teachers saying that Jesus will always take you back. So I tried it and then wow, right? Mm. So sometimes I think this journey of just whether it's coming back to Jesus or whether it's growing in Christ, it happens through this holy dissatisfaction of not having something that God has given us and then causing us to yearn for it, search mm -hmm. for it, and be drawn near to God in that way. So if this is the lesson that God's taught you in the midst of your suffering and pain, where God's shown you this is how important the community is in you. Mm -hmm. This is why uh, in Hebrews, we're going to do this on Easter, but Hebrews um, 10, 24, where it says, or 25, where it says, do not neglect to gather, right? Because it's so important to gather as a church family. Yes, church is messy. Yes, it's full of people who are sinners. Yes, it's not going to be perfect, at least in an ethical way. Because yes, as soon as I step into the room, mm -hmm. it'll no longer be perfect, <laughs> yeah. right? So I we get that. And yet God has chosen the church to be his bride, mm -hmm. to be his body. Which means we're going through Hebrews and all the cultic expressions, the the physical and tangible expressions of our worship, our, our, our access to God, our relationship with Christ. It was the tabernacle, the tent. It was the temple. But now Jesus said he's going to destroy the temple. It's going to come down and then he's going to rebuild it in three days, meaning that it was him. His body was the temple. And then he calls the church the body of Christ. So that to me means that, oh, wait, his plan for the world to experience access to God right now is his church. Mm -hmm. And the temple was never perfect, like the building itself. The tabernacle and the people within it was never perfect. The practices in there. Actually, the very first day on the job for Aaron's two sons in the tabernacle did not go well. Mm -hmm. It wasn't without flaws and faults, even in those days. And the church today is the same, right? We have our own flaws. We have our own moments of brokenness. But God has chosen this as a vehicle his people, his church. And I think that's if, if, if this time away physically from being uh, away from church has created in you an appreciation of the beauty of the bride of Christ, I think perhaps this will go a long way mm -hmm. in your journey and perhaps helping other people see that same beauty as well. Mm -hmm. So those are some I thoughts. So. Yeah. yeah. And um, I know the recovery is not going to be as quick as we both want it to be. Mm -hmm. And I know there's a long journey ahead. But um, how do you think this is going to stretch your faith? What do you hmm. expect moving forward? I mean, I definitely expect a roller coaster mm -hmm. <laughs> because, you know, nothing is simple and we are humans. And some days when you're feeling badly, you just can't really turn your thought processes around. But I think it does go back to a lot of things we've already said about community and communication because I think I've learned this time around took four times but this time around that if I need something or I need someone there's no shame in me asking for it mm -hmm. in fact it's a lot simpler for everyone yeah. and what are my friends and loved ones going to say no <laughs> and, and even if they do yeah. then that then that's my opportunity to learn learn love and serve them by being yeah. okay with that yeah. so 
I personally right now kind of think, you know, there's no, it's a win-win when you can communicate. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think that will really help both in my faith. Um, cause it's also, you know, the same communicating with God in prayer is yes, he knows the things that are on my heart and going on in my life, but there is also something so powerful to actually saying out loud and saying, mm-hmm. I'm feeling so anxious right mm-hmm. now about my email. Mm-hmm. What am I supposed mm-hmm. to do? Because it was through doing that that then I came to, um, okay, maybe I need to think about a leave. Yeah. Um, but the just the power in um, communicating out loud your thoughts and processing it with the Lord in mm-hmm. prayer and those around you. So communication, I think I've learned so much in this time and then everything we just talked about with community. And also, to be honest, that the Corinthians, it's its so funny that that's what we brought up because mm-hmm. that has been my life mm-hmm. and my um, experience thus far and my mm-hmm. prayer constantly because, you know, it is it's the cycle of pleading for it to be taken away and being in a low spot and not wanting it and not seeing the purpose for it and then realizing and that beauty and that all that comes from it. But again, it's life and we're human. So it's going to be a cycle. It's yeah. not going to be, you know, a straight trajectory in mm-hmm. any direction. Mm-hmm. And so I think, I think it's funny because sometimes I think when I spend a long time in a passage or it's been like for a while in my life, I'm like, okay, now it's time for a new one. But I honestly genuinely think now with what I've gone through, like that's just, that's just my life and it's yeah. beautiful to have seen to have the bible and to have paul's experience mm-hmm. and to be able to like exegete and understand what that can mean in your own life yeah. too so i think you know i'm not going to be done with that passage anytime yeah. soon i think that's going to be yeah. something i need to keep going back yeah. to yeah i mentioned it a few weeks ago in my sermon but like the bible especially the old testament but just the bible in general is meditation literature right Mm. it was never meant to be read once like an instruction manual and then put it away Mm. and then you now know how to use this to navigate life Mm -hmm. it was always meant to be you read it you think you got something out of it you read it again Mm -hmm. you got something else out of it you got because god's word is so deep the depth of it is so beyond our imagination that we can never uh, run dry this well will never run dry so then we keep digging and we keep digging and we keep finding truth that applies to our lives because the Holy Spirit written words, these inspired words of God, they actually are supposed to help us not just navigate life and put the words aside, but it's actually supposed to be contemplated and and meditated on every single day in every situation. And as we chew on it, as we digest it again and again and again, Mm -hmm. we find meaning in life and applications in different things. Mm -hmm. Before head injury, after head injury, that verse looks a little bit different now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for our our, our situation before loved, uh, a loved one has passed on uh, versus after, now I have a fresh appreciation of some of the words mm-hmm. in the Bible too. So, you know, it's never, it's a nonstop interaction with mm-hmm. the Word of God. And I think it, it's fresh, but it's also the same in, in a way. And the fact that it's the same then allows you to realize how sovereign and unchanging yeah. it is. Like you get yeah. different things out of it, but yeah. it's also the same and it's the same yeah. assurance yeah. every time. And hopefully we grow mm-hmm. so that sometimes it's even awesome to put my life against the, the word of God, not against as in, but next to <laughs> yeah. juxtaposing it to the word of God and what it says and go, oh, I have grown in this area. <clears throat> 15 years ago, I would not have had the patience that I did, but my goodness, God, thank you for the, fruit of the spirit, one of which is patience, because I would not have had it. But Mm -hmm. by your grace, I've grown in it. And now 
I can wait on you, Lord. In the same situation 15 years ago, I was not able to. Mm-hmm. So so there's there's those cool moments as well um, in our suffering and our pain. Sometimes God allows us to grow significantly, and I pray that it will be for you. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you for this honest conversation. Thank and thank you for allowing our listeners in to, I'm, I'm sure many of them were wondering how you're doing, and perhaps a lot of them were even praying for you throughout this mm-hmm. journey. So um, why don't we uh, close this episode with a word of prayer? Uh, so listeners, please join me in praying for Mary. If you're listening to it um, when it's freshly published, and then this prayer will be applicable currently. But if you're listening maybe a year later, hopefully you'll be able to go like, oh, wow, all those prayers were an- answered. Mm-hmm. So let's pray. Father God, I thank you for Mary. I thank you for this um, recovery that she has had. Um, we're, we're not done. We pray that she'll continue to heal, God. And if it be your will, I pray um, for your glory that she will be completely healed. And in your timing, God, we trust you. We, we leave Mary to you because we know that you love her more than any of us could. So, God, we, we love having a God that we can go to that loves us so much. Mm-hmm. Father, you died for her. You, you bled for her. You gave your life, your son, for her. So, God, um, we know that in this injury, in this struggle, in these challenges, you're not going to leave her alone. That much we know. So, Father, I pray that she would feel your presence, she would experience it, that she would grow from it, God, that she would learn so much from it, not just in intellectual lessons, but in her heart to love you, to yearn for you, to long for you and your kingdom, a day that is unbroken, that is coming, God. And I pray that her hope will never waver And I pray that she would be strengthened by this. And just like Paul said in Corinthians, God, I pray that this this amazing grace of yours will be sufficient in her life, that it would overflow to others as well. As she experiences it and grows in it, I pray that people around her would be blessed because of this. As crazy as that sounds, because of her painful experience, I pray that others around her would benefit because of the way that that grace is not only sufficient, but overflows Mm -hmm. into their lives. I pray for those who are listening to this episode who might be going through similar challenges, whether it's physical injuries or just times of difficulty with mental health or any situations, God. I pray that um, Mary's story would have been inspiring to them. And wherever they are, God, I pray that you'd be with them intimately, that they would experience your gospel being um, applied to their lives. And I pray that we'll learn to trust you, walk with you, and be faithful in our walk. And God, help us to experience you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.